don't get too caught up in that million dollar number. I've had people come into my office and say, I need to have 2.5 million. Okay. Well, what you, you know what my first question is. Well, why? <laughs> so I want them to explain to me why they have to have 2.5 million. And did they read something online that said you have to have this in order to retire? So there's just so many different factors. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Well, you know, I think a lot of times when people talk with you, Ryan, they probably want to say, how much do I need for retirement, right? Is a million dollars enough to cover me? Well, today on this episode, we're going to explain maybe how far a million dollars will get you based on where you live. And that's a big part of your retirement planning is, you know, what lifestyle, what, where, are you, where are you going to be located? Because, you know, a million dollars in Atlanta is going to be a different than a million dollars in Macon or San Francisco or New York or whatever. So something to consider today. I think this will be a fun look at, uh, at how, how far your dollar goes, Ryan. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. And there's studies all the time. I, I see articles constantly just saying, you know, where where are the quote unquote best places to retire? And and obviously there's a many many factors that they that they bake into these studies. And and obviously cost of living is is one of those. You know, they talk about beaches and lakes and all that recreation stuff. But when you boil down to it, it's okay. Can I afford uh, to live there? It may be nice to be on a beach somewhere or a lake house somewhere, but is it affordable? So that'll be our conversation for today on Perfect Game Retirement. Again, you can find us online, blackoakam.com. Plenty of resources there for you if you're looking to learn more, educate yourself further in the world of retirement and financial planning. You'll find it all right there at blackoakam.com. I want to start off a little getting to know you question, Ryan, before we ease into our overall conversation today. But what's something you'll never do again? Uh, this, what a great question. And this, this happened, to me not, happened to me not too long ago. Uh, I know on the last episode mentioned about uh, North Carolina and different regulations. Well, we were up there in in, in North Carolina a few weeks back, and um, I just got done. We're at my mother-in-law's house. She lives on a lake up there, and it's a spring-fed, natural-fed lake, so it is frigidly cold. Um, it, it's in Highlands, North Carolina, Lake Glenville. So I get done kind of doing a workout, and I'm sitting on the dock, and no one, everyone was just sitting on the dock, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to jump in. <laughs> so I look at my kids and say, you dare daddy to jump in the lake? And of course, they're like, oh, you won't do it, you won't do it. Well, I made a bet with my daughter. I said, okay, if I go in, you got to jump in too. She's like, uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm a sissy when it comes to cold water. I, I, I think that's why they were taunting me because they're like, yeah, dad's not doing it. And I don't like getting in like cold swimming pools, much less a lake that is still freezing cold. So I didn't even feel the water. I just jumped in. And, but before I jumped in, I joked to them. I said, hey, is one of y'all going to jump in after me if I have a heart attack? Um, you know, if I go in cardiac arrest or hypothermia. So just joking around, then I jump in and it was awful. I mean, I went and jumped in and I went probably pretty far down and it was so cold that I get to the top. I couldn't breathe. Like I'm gasping for air. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe. So finally I got a few short breaths in, but then I could feel my heart like almost slowing down or even skipping beats because it was just in complete shock. So (laughs) 
somehow I tried to like hide the fear on my face, but maybe I didn't do a good job of that. But I get over to the dock and I'm holding on and I kind of look at my wife and I'm like, you may have to come, you may have to get me out of the water. And she's asking me what's wrong. And I'm still trying to catch my breath. I'm still trying to breathe. And she's like, I don't think I can lift you up. So I kind of like shimmy my way across the dock and finally get to where I can stand. And again, eventually once I got out of the water, it, my body calmed down, my breathing calmed down and my heart kind of went back. But that, yeah, that was stupid. Um, so that is one thing I will not do again is jump in freezing cold water on a dare by my kids. Uh, cause I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> Jeez, that's scary, man. Yeah. yeah. So I ain't doing that again. No more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think I was going to get that deep, but yeah, that's a great answer. So oh gosh. Yeah. It just, when I saw that question, I'm like, yep, that's, that, that's pretty in recent history. So that's something I'm not going to do again. That's an easy one to, <laughs> to, to answer. Wow. Well, let's talk some about money and a million dollars, because I think a lot of people just assume if I can get to a million dollars, man, I'll be set in retirement. It'll be enough to take care of me. And while that might have been true at some point, you know, the dollar is not quite going as far as it used to. And depending on where you live, your money uh, is going to last longer than other places. So today we're going to look through um, a a number of different cities. I want to start off by kind of sharing a little bit of background on this, because it was something that Yahoo Finance wanted to to dive into and kind of figure out how far a million dollars would get you and how long it would last in retirement based on the city you lived in. So we got some stats from different uh, areas across the country to kind of make you think about it a little bit. And, and they took into account you know, very varying costs of living, factored in some of the averages for how Social Security would play into the longevity of someone's savings. And of course, in all these calculations, the retirement age of 65 is assumed. So let's just keep that in mind. You, know, you might retire later, earlier, but 65 is what we'll go off based on all these numbers. So how long will 1 million last you in retirement? So let's start off on the low end. And as you could probably guess, Ryan, San Francisco is the city that your money would not last you very long in retirement. Eight to nine years on a million dollars, that's assuming 136,000 in annual expenses. Yeah. And I've, thank God, don't live in San Francisco. I've been there a few times. It's a great place to visit and insanely expensive. And that was, gosh, I, last time I've been there was probably 15, 20 years ago. But yeah, so the, I, in 136K, uh, that's not going to get you any type of lavish lifestyle either right, um, exactly. when, when you live out there. So to look at that number on on print, and I got the study too, and looking at it and seeing eight to nine years, a million stinking dollars, eight to nine years, uh, that's uh, you can't do that. I, I mean, if you have any type of retirement that you want to have, uh, that that's where you, there, you just couldn't live there on, on a million dollar nest egg. I know that's factoring in social security as well, but uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna last you. You're gonna be going back to work somewhere, and, and good luck finding a job um, at that age. And they say age discrimination is not a real thing. Well, it's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, eight or nine years. Jeez, I mean. <laughs> That that that's that's absurd. I guess uh, a lot of people aren't retiring in San Francisco. They might make their their living in San Francisco, but hard to imagine many people actually deciding to retire there. Um, a couple other some other big cities that you would expect to be on the the low end of how long your money would last you: L.A., Seattle, D.C., Boston, San Diego, all similar uh, size cities will last you on average about fifteen years, thirteen to seventeen years, with uh, annual expenses close to eighty thousand. That's pretty high. So those those are some of the cities that are under that twenty year mark. Then you got some cities that will last you at least twenty years. And I think some people might say, "Oh, twenty years—that's that should cover me in retirement." But you know, we're living longer and longer, so keep that in mind. 
Portland, Denver, Miami, all 20 to 22 years with about 60 to 70,000 expenses. Then Atlanta. Atlanta checks in on average, equal to Chicago and Minneapolis, 26 to 27 years with annual expenses around 54,000, which to me, I guess, seems a little on the low end for especially a city the size of Atlanta and even Chicago. Yeah, I, I saw that number too, and that kind of jumped off the page. I mean, obviously, the the first number we talked about, San Francisco, jumps off the page, but that doesn't resonate with me. I, I have no um, emotion tied to that because I know I'm not going to live there <laughs> um, for variety of reasons, and money being one of them. But uh, yeah, Atlanta seeing 54k in annual expenses. I'm like, wow, okay. I mean, what? Of course, I'm having a million questions in my head. Okay, what is this study? Does this study factor in any type of mortgage costs? Or because right. 54k is not going to give you very far either. Um, I, I just I see the housing cost. It's still relatively low in Atlanta when you compare it to everywhere else. I mean, we have just a huge flood of people from uh, New York moving down here and they won't blink an eye at rent in downtown Atlanta or Buckhead or Midtown at three grand a month. They're like, oh my gosh, for three grand a month and I'm getting this type of place. Hmm. So it's it's kind of funny when you comp- when you have a comparison, but to me, I'd be like three grand a month. No way. I wouldn't pay that right. for some apartment or studio or whatever that may be. So 54,000 does seem a little bit uh, light when it references Atlanta, but you know, that million dollar portfolio, uh, yeah, at 26, lasting roughly 26 years, obviously there's, you know, rates of return baked into this, but you're right. Some people may look at that 25 years and go, oh, okay, well, uh, that, that could, that could take me where I need to be as far as longevity. But that's one of the questions I ask people is how long do we want to show this portfolio lasting? Because if, if people say 90 and then people live to 95, well, that's not going to work. I would mm-hmm. rather err on the side of caution and project it out to 95 and beyond because so many people, I got a grandmother who's 93 and she's in better shape than, than most in, in her age demographic. Obviously, most people are passed away in her age demographic, but she is a machine. And so she could easily be that person who lives to 100. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got to keep that in mind and in, in planning through these things. And that's why we want to kind of go through some of these years. So what are some of the cities that might be a little more uh, beneficial for you and your money and, and maybe uh, give you a little more flexibility in terms of how long that, that money will last? So uh, Phoenix, which is obviously Arizona is a very popular destination for retirees. Nashville, which is a growing city, which I think will probably, these numbers will change there pretty quickly. But It'll last you close to 30 years on, on annual expenses of about 51 to 52,000. So pretty, pretty similar to Atlanta. Then some of the cities that will really last. Um, and these, again, all are a, a bit smaller cities, but Louisville, Kansas City, Baltimore, Omaha. I don't really think of many of those as retirement destinations, but your money will last you over 30 years and, and on the high end, about 37 years. And then Memphis. Memphis is the, the city in this, um, in Yahoo Finance's data and statistics that they have as the longest. 45 to 46 years, you could live off a million dollars in retirement. Again, assuming annual expenses of 38000 So again, all this is depending on your lifestyle, right? I mean, 38000 seems to be like a pretty humbling lifestyle of just, you know, spending time with the family, not traveling a whole lot. But at Memphis, at least your dollar can last you for a while. Yeah, you brought up a good point with lifestyle. It's what it boils down to, what your lifestyle is, and there's other components, but what your lifestyle, 
what's your overhead cost? What are, what's your debt basically? What what do you know you're going to have coming? Uh, excuse me, leaving every single month, not coming in, but leaving every single month. Uh, so lifestyle, overhead expenses, or debt, and essentially income. Like what do you have coming in? So it, it's still a math game uh, when it comes to all this stuff, but. There's so many different factors, but the, the generalization of this study is eye-opening and it, it will make people think when they get to retirement, like, okay, can we stay where we're at or do we need to go uh, somewhere else? I, I know a lot of people in Atlanta are moving uh, north to the mountains, uh, to the North Georgia mountains, because your dollar goes so much further there or even crossing over into Tennessee uh, for obvious uh, no state tax there. So there's a lot of people flooding to Tennessee, uh, Florida as well, Texas, because they don't have any of that state income tax. So it definitely does make a difference. Yes, I, you brought up Nashville. That that uh, that cost of living is skyrocketing. So that I have a feeling Nashville is going to be on the higher end of that spectrum in a few decades because uh, it's growing so so rapidly. And if you've, which I'm sure you probably have, you've been to Nashville, it's an awesome city, it's, yeah. it's growing, but there is a lot of homeless people uh, in Nashville. If you kind of drive around the city, it's, it's, it's pretty eye-opening to see that. Really? Yeah, I actually got married in Nashville. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a city that I've loved for a while, but I haven't, I haven't been over there in, in a few years, but uh, curious to, uh, interested to hear that, that you made that comment, but it doesn't surprise me. It is growing so fast, um, mm-hmm. pricing a lot of people out. Um, all right. So I got a few questions based on this for you, Ryan, that I want to kind of get into this a little bit deeper, but you know, we know that that million dollars is, is, it's not a magic, Hey, you hit that number, you're ready to quit work and and head off to retirement. But what do you think about the annual expense measurements in these cities and, and what that means in terms of staying power for that million dollars? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the million dollars has always kind of been the the target to to shoot for. Uh, some people have a ton more than that in retirement. And again, lifestyle is that big factor of, of what that what that looks like. But I have also seen not to uh, discourage people if they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get to a million dollars. I'm you know three years away and I'm nowhere close to that. So I have seen people retire on a whole lot less because it is not only about your nest egg number, uh, but people get so caught up in that nest egg number because they Google it. Then they see the 4% withdrawal rate and they go, well, 4% withdrawal rate. Okay. If I have a million dollars, I can take out 4% per year and, you know, shouldn't have to worry about running out of money. So 4%. All right. So that's $40,000 a year. Okay, well, let's factor in Social Security. Is there two streams of Social Security coming in? Do you have any sort of pension? It's funny how when I ask that question, people are like, oh, yeah, I got, yeah, I got like a small one. It's, you know, it's about $900 a month coming in. I'm like, that's 900 bucks coming in every single yeah. month. That, that pays for a lot. So some people don't have any of that. So when you factor in two Social Security incomes, and again, if you've made decent money your whole life or maybe, you know, you had one person in the family, the primary breadwinner, and then the spouse can claim uh, spousal benefits. So they get half of, so I've seen people with $4,000 a month benefits, and then their spouse is bringing in at least the, the bottom end is is two grand uh, per month. So blink of an eye, you're at $6,000. Okay, add in that $900 a month pension, boom, you're at 6900 per month, and you haven't pulled a dime out of your investment. So sometimes that we get too caught up in that nest egg number and it needs to be what's our income number. And yes, I get it. The nest egg produces an income, but 
when you're in accumulation phase, so working, your working years, yes, you're shooting for like a nest egg number. But once you retire, it's about what's coming in every single month and what your lifestyle is. So don't get too caught up in that million dollar number. I've had people come into my office and say, I need to have 2.5 million. Okay. Well, what you, you know what my first question is. Well, why? <laughs> so I want them to explain to me why they have to have 2.5 million. And did they read something online that said you have to have this in order to retire? So there's just so many different factors uh, boiling down to, okay, what's your number? I remember there was a commercial, uh, probably uh, yeah. 10 plus, you know, what's your, Fidelity? like people carrying, yeah, yeah. They're like carrying around a number underneath their arm and yeah. like, what's your number? So, you know, it just depends, but there's so many different factors that, fa- that go into what that number produces. Well, the, you know, the other interesting thing about this was the expenses and, and how they kind of determine that. What do you kind of have in mind in terms of like the average amount your client spends each year? Do you have a, a decent grasp on that? Because I figure like that's a pretty huge factor in terms of what you're going to need. Yeah. I mean, most of the people that we are going to be working with is going to have an idea of, of what their monthly budget is going to be. Now, it doesn't need to be, you know, to the cent, but usually I like to ask that question because I want to see where they're at from from a standpoint of them being conscious of what they're what they're spending. Now, we work with a lot of people that are pre-retirees about to go into retirement. So they know what their lifestyle budget is right now while they're working and they're not sure what that would translate into into retirement. So many times we just say, hey, let's just factor in the same the same budget because when you look at what people are spending and doing when they're working, there is usually again, usually not a huge adjustment in what they need to maintain their lifestyle because just because they don't go to work, there's not this huge like income drop that they don't need anymore. And and even COVID has thrown that into fast forward because how much are people working from home and not having to commute? And you have so, so you have these expenses that you just don't have as much anymore. So I want to factor in almost the exact same amount of income unless there's a huge disparity now if someone's making, you know, half a million dollars a year and they need 150 in retirement. Okay, different story. Um, but usually there's not a huge discrepancy between the two. So usually we have a good grasp on that. I, I like to ask them first and we, we can help them get to that number. But usually we want to work with people that have an idea of what they need to spend. Gotcha. Um, so as you're, as you're kind of putting this equation together and trying to figure out you know, how this all adds up for your clients. How many years are you typically taking into account for retirement? I know it's going to depend on everybody, but what are you kind of generally looking at in terms of how long somebody's going to be retired? Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are various uh, factors involved, obviously, when people want to retire, how long they're going to work. Uh, But, you know, the, the stereotypical someone in their 60s, to me, it needs to last 30 to 35 years because there is just huge amounts of longevity. I get family history uh, plays into that. And so we ask those questions. Hey, how far do you want to see this? And if people say like 85, uh, then I say, oh, well, okay, I hear you. I understand what you're saying, but let's see. Let's look at 90 or even 95 because we just don't know. And I'd rather bake in that extra time because you may not follow the same path as your family history. Um, again, I, with my mom, I mentioned she passed away in her late fifties. Well, I hope I'm not that way, <laughs> you know, because but there is a family history component to that. But I, I hope I live long beyond that. And again, but my my mom's mom, who I just mentioned, my grandmother, she's she's 93 and, and she's still alive and she's had 
she had three kids and two of them have already passed away. So she's outlived two wow. of her three kids. <laughs> so you just can't uh, put all your eggs in that basket just saying, hey, family history. But I do get your own health does factor into it. But usually 30 to 35 years is a general uh, guideline to kind of show what an income plan looks like in retirement. Okay. Well, a lot of factors go into it. I guess kind of closing out this conversation is just the message maybe to people is, hey, listen, don't don't just assume you know a certain amount of money is going to cover you without actually sitting down and doing the math because you know it's going to be different for everybody and depending on where you live, you, you see all the different factors that goes into this. Just make sure you know by building a plan that you can actually see what you need, what you're going to spend, and how to get there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, in those some of those factors that we didn't even discuss here that's going to play into this is what are tax rates going to be? I know we always talk about taxes on here, but what are they going to be and how do they affect you? What's your health care, uh, which we talked about in previous episodes, but what's what's that health care component look like? And then the kind of silent killer, if you will, of a portfolio is inflation. Um, that that's We don't really recognize that and see that, but I see inflation probably running at a little bit higher rate than it than it used to because of all the the spending that we are doing as a country. So um, th- those are definitely factors that 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 go into this uh, study that we want to factor in, and so we bake that into the retirement plans that we do. We bake in what tax rates are now, and then what if tax rates go up? Okay, here's what that looks like. What if inflation runs at three percent or three and a half or four? What does that look like? So there's a bunch of different factors that we want to, 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 to consider and not just ignore. You can schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online now at blackoakam.com if you actually want to begin getting your plan together, and hopefully you do. And if you have any questions about this and, and want to see if your money's going to last you, you know, the best thing to do is sit down with, a, with an advisor and, uh, and get that worked out. I got a question from Bradley in Midtown before we get out of here. That I wanted to throw your way. And again, you can send in any questions through the website at blackoakam.com. And we appreciate Bradley doing that. Should I be completely maxing out my 401k and Roth IRA before opening a taxable brokerage account? Or is there a benefit to opening a separate brokerage account to provide more flexibility, even if those things aren't fully maxed out to their yearly contribution limits? Yeah, great question, Bradley. So I'm going to say it depends, but... <laughs> It does depend on that particular, your situation, Bradley. However, if you want to retire on the earlier side, and this happens a lot, I have people that are in their late 40s, early 50s who want to retire before 59 and a half, which is the magical age that you can dip into these retirement accounts and not pay any taxes and penalties. Now, there are some rules that you can get money out at 55, but in general, I'm not giving specific advice here, but in general, it's 59 and a half. But if you do want to retire early, you do need to save in a type of an account, like an investment account or a brokerage account that is um, kind of a bridge, if you will, between retirement and then when you, when you can access probably your larger accounts in your 401ks and Roth IRAs or traditional IRAs that have been rolled over from previous employers. So I do think saving in a brokerage account, if you have that goal of retiring early, is hugely important. It does give you it's a little more tax advantaged, if you will, than a, a traditional pre-tax 401k because whatever you put into the account, they call that cost basis or basically your principal. Your cost basis is not taxed because that you're putting it in with after-tax dollars. You only pay tax on the gains. And normally that's a capital gains tax. Now, again, there's nuances there. It depends on the investment and all that kind of stuff. But 
in general, you have options when you do pull money. And it goes back to our discussion earlier of, of how long our money will last. Well, if you have different buckets of money, pre-tax, tax-free, and tax-sufficient or taxable accounts, you can pick and choose how you pull that money out in which accounts. And that does, that does make your money last longer if you have different options to choose from, from a taxation standpoint. So Bradley, if that's kind of in your vision to retire early before that 59 and a half, I absolutely think doing a brokerage account is a great idea. Thanks for that question, Bradley. Again, you want to sit down with, the, with a professional and actually go through all your details to make sure you get the right answer. But we do appreciate the question. And you know, thank you, Ryan, for taking us through this. A million dollars, while it might be the goal for a lot of people, just isn't going to get you very far depending on where you live. And I definitely know from this conversation that I will not be retiring in a huge city because I want my money to go a little <laughs> bit further than that. Yeah, it's a, it was a great discussion, and I see those articles all the time. But to really boil down the the hard numbers on on different cities is uh, should be eye opening for a lot of people. Make sure you uh, subscribe and follow the show wherever it is you listen, whatever podcasting app you prefer to use. We'll put every episode up at blackoakam.com. You can check it out there. Ryan, we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.